Welcome to Shake That Soul. I'm your host, Rose Rising. This podcast is about getting in touch with your spiritual side and living intentionally. Let's get ready to laugh, ignite our creative spark, and open our minds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 24. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope everyone is doing well. And I'm very excited for this episode because today's guest is Faye Johnstone. Faye is the author of three books, a shamanic herbalist and both Reiki teacher and practitioner. Her books are titled Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing, Plant Spirit Reiki, and her newest one is called Shamanic Reiki Drumming. Currently, she lives near Edinburgh, Scotland. And in this episode, we talk about how we can deepen our connection with plants, how important they are, her experience living on a farm in Canada, and how she combines plant medicine along with drumming in her shamanic Reiki practice. For those of you who are not familiar with Reiki, just generally speaking, Reiki is a Japanese energy healing practice used to promote healing. And it's becoming more widely accepted and used, which I'm really happy for that because there are definitely so many benefits to it. And there are actually several different types of Reiki. So if you're curious, I encourage you to do some research about it. I apologize if my voice sounds muffled in the recording in the interview. I believe there was an issue possibly with the internet or maybe I needed to throw my microphone in the dumpster. But it's actually kind of funny because each week I'm presented with challenges when it comes to doing this podcast. And I'm pretty stubborn. So no matter what, I always get it done. And if I have to stay up till 2am, I'll do it. (laughs) But I definitely pride myself and put my heart into it as far as like producing quality work and hopefully giving you guys something uplifting, especially with the state of the world right now. So yes, I just hope you can really get something from this podcast. All right, without further ado, let's get into my chat with the incredible Faye. Faye, welcome to the show. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Yes, I'm so honored to have you. I feel like I discovered you at the perfect timing. I found your book, Plants That Speak, Souls That Sing. That's a lovely book. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoy it. Yeah, that was my first book. And when plants speak to me, they make my soul sing. What can I say? And that's what I wanted to share with other people when I wrote that book. So I'm really glad that it connected us. Yeah, I think the world needed it. I read as part of your journey that you ended up moving to Nova Scotia. Oh, yeah. I should start thinking about it now because I'm also a Reiki teacher. And when I look back at my kind of trajectory and you think, how did I get there? 
it was about a year after I'd had my attunement to the, the Reiki master attunement. And that is a catalyst for change for so many people. And particularly, I see this in my students now. And I'm looking back and I think, well, what happened in my life when I had my Reiki master attunement? And I'm like, yeah, I moved from the UK, from the south of England where I was living. And I moved to a flower farm in, well, I moved to a farm in Nova Scotia and we set up a an organic flower and herb farm which we ran for five years. So that was an amazing experience and also was this real opening for me. It was like this opportunity to expand and simply be with the plants. And obviously, you know, we were living quite rurally. So I was spending a lot of time with plants, not that much time with people. And it was a very, <laughs> you know, it was a lovely It was an opening for me. Uh, and that's what I, you know, I write a little bit about that in the book. So was that a conscious decision to get away from living more so in the city life? Well, I didn't really live in a city. I lived in, in a small town. So you couldn't, you know, my friends in London would go, what do you mean? You, you were living in, in the, the countryside anyway is what some people <laughs> But yeah, my partner and I, my, well, he's now my husband, we, we just had this desire for space. We wanted space and we wanted to grow stuff. And what kind of happened well we were just looking for land we we were kind of at one stage we were going to like just buy a field uh in scotland you know because we were just really we were really sort of um longing for land we were longing to put our roots down we were longing to connect with the land we were longing to grow and it just so happened there was like a series of very uh of, like synchronistic events that happened and we ended up in nova scotia and you know, even how we ended up moving to this farm was a series of events, you know, that I feel was the helping hand of the universe saying, okay, we're going to put you here. Uh, and so, yeah, and it was just a real, in a sense, it was a rewilding. I know we're quite familiar with that term now because um, a lot of people speak and write into that. And it was, it was like um, uh, just connecting to the land, remembering our roots I suppose and you know and I think when you grow plants even if you you know you live in an urban environment and you grow plants when you follow plants from little seedlings to or from seeds and you plant them and you care for them and you you look after them through all stages of their growth until harvest you you really connect with the energy of the plants and you you kind of you you know you get to know them their individual needs and uh, particularities and and it felt like that was an awakening for me uh, because even though I'd grown plants beforehand and I was really interested in herbal medicine and I'd studied herbal medicine you know this was a this was taking it to a whole new level and also one of the things which I realize now obviously with hindsight because I'm back in the UK now I, I live in Scotland now but one of the things I realized is that moving to Nova Scotia was it was almost like it was I, I felt like it was a real opportunity for me to spread my wings and also to release some of that conditioning for that I've had from my society and my education because you know we were like we were far from home so in a sense, when you move um, countries like that, or even, you know, counties or provinces, you know, wherever you are, if you move quite a distance away, you do have this opportunity to to start a new chapter and to decide, you know, well, you know, who do I want to become? And so, and it's obviously, you know, we, I mean, we have an opportunity to do that every moment of our lives, obviously. 
but we're always influenced we're influenced by our, our environment right exactly and so this was um and one of the things i did and i remember when we left our community when we when we came back to the uk i just remember giving one of our neighbors a really long big you know connected hug and she said oh you know we we're sort of saying that we were going to miss each other and she said well Faye, i hope we've taught you the meaning of community Oh. And that was, you know, I'll never forget that because it was really special. And then there was a certain, there was this connection in that rural community, which, you know, coming from England at the time, um, even though I lived in perhaps a more populated area, we we weren't so connected, you know, everyone's so busy. Whereas in our rural farming community in Nova Scotia, we had more, we had more of those connections. Uh, than we perhaps did when we lived, you know, in a town. So that was a real, as well as the plants and all my adventures, you know, with that, that was a real, that that personal connection for me. That was a real heart-centered connection, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. And so when you lived on the farm, that kind of gave you the opportunity to really tap into these plants on a daily basis. When did you start feeling a deep, deep connection with them? <laughs> I, I don't know. I wonder if there was a, a, if I look back and was there like a turning point? So uh, there were things that would happen. Um, so I, I started dreaming plants, like they would wake me up in the night. And sometimes we have, um, I mean, this sort of happens if we're doing something a lot. If you like, if you've been sailing or if you've been outside, like sometimes you might have a dream that you've been doing that you know in your dream but so I started to dream plants but this was these were different dreams than those other experiences they were um plants talking to me they weren't just me dreaming uh thinking in, in an anxiety way going oh my god I forgot to water the tomatoes or something like that it was real <laughs> it was like plants coming in it was like a feeling a sensation and I would it would kind of get I would get kind of prickles all over my body and I think oh there's something in the room and then it you know it turned out it was like a raspberry bush or you know <laughs> <laughs> just really right. weird things like that but also I did start to sing when I was with plants and I noticed I would be singing different songs when I was harvesting or with different plants so that was another thing that just crept up on me almost like without me realizing like you know I wasn't planning this I wasn't um you know because in my book I outline some meditations that we can do and you know spending time with plants but in a sense this kind of happened very naturally because I was spending a lot of time with plants and then it was almost like as soon as I started to realize that they, they had something to say to me or that they were trying to get my attention that was when I actively started to make perhaps more of an effort to go oh right well okay I'm going to sit and I'm going to breathe with the burdock plant today and find out if it has some you know what it has to say and get get to know about it a little bit more so I would say that it was sort of like things happened very organically for me um and I would just again you know you there are plants that you like if you if there's a if you have a garden or a place that you like to walk you know out in nature or in a park there's always you know a tree or a bush or something in that place that calls your attention you know you can probably bring to mind oh yeah i love that tree the one that's next to the church or the one that's next to the building or or that rose bush in the summer smelled amazing you know we all have these little reminders of things that grab our attention and i so those sorts of things it was almost like i just started to 
feel my way and listen to the breadcrumbs a little bit more. And then I started to kind of engage through meditation with my breath and through, and again, obviously I, I was, as well as harvesting, I was making medicines. I, I used to make a lot of herbal medicines and plant medicines and dry herbs for teas and things like that. And so all the time, in a sense, we're playing with the plants. We're taking these plants with us on our journeys. That's this kind of intermingling, this this connect. You know, we're, we're intermingling. We're weaving our lives together. And that is, is a way of communicating. It's a way of, of being. Because obviously, plants don't communicate verbally. They communicate through through our other senses and yeah uh, yeah and they have a consciousness right I've always felt that plants bear witness to us just as much as we do to them oh yes absolutely what I what I always say to my students is you know when, when we you know when we go on a plant walk around the garden and um you know we I, one of the things I love to do is a gratitude walk to like walk in gratitude and just kind of speak to the nature and tell it how beautiful it is, tell it how lovely it is, tell it how grateful you are and how thankful you are that, and how much you appreciate its beauty and all the things it's doing. And what I always say to, and we allow a plant to choose us. Um, and what I say to students is, you know, that plant knows you're coming way before you've even seen it. It, it can feel you, it can sense you because they're sensing, you know, our heart field, this, this sort of resonance that we have through the, the field that we have in our heart um yeah they're very special beings very very intelligent special beings and i i don't i feel like i don't even know the half of it you know or we don't even know the half of it and that's right. why it's, it's actually lovely that so many people have the plant the plants have so many voices now through all you know so many wonderful people who are connecting with plants and making medicines or connecting through shamanic practice or meditation and it's wonderful how I feel that we all connect with plants in a different way. Um, and plants, can, plants, I feel, show different sides of themselves to us, uh, to different people. Just like we do, I feel, as, um, as people, we might, you know, for example, today, you might, you know, you're, I'm showing you my, my professional, sensible self. Um, <laughs> whereas perhaps later on, uh, you know, if I'm more relaxed with, with my dogs, you, they, they might see a more playful side of me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I feel that plants are like that, too. Yeah. Well, I love that you mentioned in your book that each plant has its own song. And, you know, this Last year in particular, I really took notice to that, just tapping into the energy of different plants. And as the cycles move through, you know, when the seasons come and go, there's different plants that bloom at different times. And this year, because we had a lot of rain, we had all of these gorgeous irises, all different types of irises bloom everywhere. And I took that opportunity just to walk around town and to connect with these irises and I was just kind of in awe of how beautiful they are and I do feel like they do communicate to you on some level but I think most people would be like you know what are you doing talking to plants <laughs> like it's not the most conventional thing however I think they bring us into the moment you know just recognizing their beauty so, and I also had another experience too. Actually, right after this happened, I found your book, which, of course, there's no coincidences, but I have this beautiful 
it's a blue spruce. I have this gorgeous blue spruce and, and the energy of that tree is so amazing. And I felt like this tree was my friend and our landscaper took it upon himself to actually chop like the whole bottom half off. (laughs) And I went through this really intense grieving stage that I was actually made fun of for. They're like, it's just a tree. It's just a tree. And I was like, no, it's not just a tree. I think these things have consciousness and they are our friends. And you mentioned too, that trees can be extremely grounding for us. They hold space. And so I put it out to the universe. I said, is it normal to feel this deep connection with plants? Is it normal to feel like you can communicate and have a relationship with plants. And so I found you like right after that. (laughs) Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's that's really comforting and and supportive for you on your discovery. Because I think you're not alone in all those things you've experienced. And I even, um, you know, on sometimes if I'm giving a workshop and we're in a public space, you know, I'm kind of asking people to perhaps go out in in a park and and touch a tree or hug a tree and you know there is that thing in your mind saying am I am I being stupid what what are people going to say you know and it's really sad that we've got that conditioning we think that we're so dominant we just we know we think humans you know we think we're the best we think we're up there whereas actually we've forgotten that plants are they were here before we were here uh, you know, plants have been around in, in some kind of uh, form for so many years before we were. And so they are the wisdom keepers. And we, we've forgotten that they're our elders. And we've just, we've lost that connection. We've lost that relationship, which is why we we do um, make fun of people who are having these experiences, because we we've just lost that connection. But our ancestors would have had it. And so it's great that it is coming back. It, we are remembering, we are reconnecting. And it's and it's sad in a way that we have to buy books to reassure us, to give us practices, to help <laughs> us to help us normalize this. Uh, so, you know, talking to plants, animals, elements, etc. But um, yeah, and I think that's really, I think my, my book talk speaks into this too, about we've got to re- readdress the balance, you know, because we've, we're so you know, we really need to be grateful for for the work that the plants do for us. You know, they give us oxygen, for example. And so it's really about getting into that right relationship with the plants again and looking at the our actions that we take um, mm-hmm. because we do think that we are very, you know, the hierarchy, we think that we're at the top and plants, oh, whatever, it, it's just a weed, pull it up or whatever we, um, you know, oh, it's just a tree. I know, I mean, we've had, um, er, there has been uproar in the UK recently because a very famous tree has been chopped down. It's an act of vandalism um, because it's it's situated on Hadrian's Wall, which is again a famous um, wall. And this tree was very famous for living in the gap of this tree. And, uh, I, you know, so everyone's up in arms about the fact that this tree has been taken down, which I'm, you know, also really upset about. But also, you know, we've forgotten that trees are taken down every day 
by the actions you know we just go yeah whatever it's a tree just take it down i need to park my car there or you know just take the you know so we we don't think um we don't think we don't make an we don't connect and it's because it, we've just we've just taught ourselves not to we've told ourselves that it's not important so mm -hmm. i can really i can feel how upset you would have been when that tree was uh, cut down in your yeah. yard and in fact when you were talking I was remembering I had a similar experience in my house I used to live in there was actually a yellow rose which was really beautiful and it used to grow up the front of the house by the by the door and that was cut down uh, without me knowing and I, I remember just being so triggered I went ballistic and it was like someone had cut into my heart um yeah uh, so it's very similar very similar situation yeah so that's very validating for me so i appreciate that and yeah i think humans in general we feel like we have dominion over everything you know that we're more important and we're greater than the animals and we're greater than the plants but mm. we're all equal essentially i mean and they sustain us you know, if anything, you could say that they're greater on the hierarchy, technically, because they're giving Absolutely. us life, they're giving us oxygen, they're providing us with food. And so I think one of the positive things that came out of the pandemic was that I noticed that people started connecting with plant life more. I saw a lot of people starting to buy plants and connect and start to have this awareness, you know, and so I do have a lot of listeners and friends that they have their plant babies. And mm. I love that so much. Yeah, um, I've noticed it too. And I think it's great. And I remember in the book even. So I, I wrote the book in 20, it published in 2018. So in 2017, 20, well, 2016 really is when I wrote the book, which feels like quite a long time ago now. But even I was using terms like forest bathing. And actually now that's, you know, when it came out, that wasn't really a term that people had necessarily heard of unless you're into plants, unless you, you know, are into this type of thing. Whereas now, you know, we get articles in the national newspapers with people talking about, oh, eco practices, forest bathing, how being in the forest is good for you and how it does this and that, you know, to your health. And so it's really positive that suddenly there's a wave of people who are in, you know, and I know in, in lockdown here in the UK, like the sales of garden furniture and plants and seeds, like there was like a seed shortage because everyone thought, oh my God, I'm at home, I'm going to grow plants. Um, <laughs> so it was really cool. And I, I, I guess I just hope it, it sustains itself and people don't get bored because I think that's one of our problems with our society now is that we we like instant gratification uh, and this is why you know actually plants I mean think about a plant a particular tree they are they they grow really slowly they're on a completely different time scale to us and so sitting and breathing and connecting with a tree it's not like the same dopamine hit that your that likes on social media or 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 scrolling you know on your phone is going to give you um which you know obviously is great in terms of for your health but the the thing that we're addicted to is that instant gratification and uh so i think for for many people the idea of having to slow down uh and be kind of on that gentler pace of the plants is challenging it is, but I have some hope for humanity. I think a lot of us, 
I think a lot of us are, we're craving that on a deep level. I think we're getting burnt out and we're looking for answers. And, you know, even I'm seeing kind of a movement with interest towards slow living, which I love that slowing down, preparing your own meals, connecting with nature. So I do think you're right. Some people are going to get bored and, and give up on their plans. But I would like to think that a majority of them won't and they'll continue that relationship because I think you can just you can really benefit from caring for something. And like you said earlier, you know, just watching it grow from the very beginning, having that relationship and all of that love and that effort that you put in. Mm. Absolutely. But also the uh, the great thing about plants, I mean, this I always say this is we've got we can be with them physically, um, you know, so we can actually go out and connect in nature, get fresh air. We can bring them into our homes, like what you're talking about with house plants and caring for our little babies on the windowsill and watering them and watching them. But also we can, you know, obviously we can go plant based, you know, we can be really embracing, you know, because obviously everything that you know these days it's we're all like plants are really kind of they're really at the forefront which is amazing but also with herbal remedies with aromatherapy like plants smells fragrances this is also how they connect to us they they weave their way into our life uh so there's all these other ways i think that we're indirectly connecting with plants where we perhaps don't even acknowledge that you know if everyone has a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the morning well that's a plant you know it, it came albeit it's been probably quite processed if it's um a coffee bean but it's grown in these beautiful tropical locations you know and it's it's come from a, a bush it's a plant so i feel that we once we start to wake up to plants however you know we however that you know comes to us uh it it kind of they gently find a way you know to open your heart a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more which is what you know how they how they've connected us to i love that so at what point did you you mentioned that you started studying reiki and that had basically blown you open in a way it kind of opened doors for you spiritually so did that tie in somehow to caring for your plants because i noticed that you said that you sing and that you played music for them, basically. You also incorporated drumming. So my journey, it's interesting because Reiki, I feel, led me definitely to the plants. And I, I have a my other book, Plant Spirit Reiki, talks about how this kind of happened and how I ended up kind of weaving the plants into my Reiki sessions with clients. And so what happened for me is I... Um, I, I found myself, so when I was attuned to Reiki, I, I didn't just kind of go, oh, great, now I'm going to be a, a healer. You know, I was just on that pathway that we kind of are in the beginning of our spiritual journey. We're just kind of experimenting with things. You know, if a friend says, hey, do you want to go to this workshop? It sounds cool. You go, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I'll try that. And so I was kind of at that stage where I was still working. And actually, at the time I was working, I was actually really miserable. I was living in a city even though on the outside it seemed like I had all the things um, and, I, and, you know, something that my parents could go, oh, they could tell their friends about and be, be proud, you know, that kind of thing. I was just inside. I was, I was really miserable. I, didn't enjoy, I wasn't enjoying myself. And through kind of 
practicing Reiki and journaling. It was another practice that I do. And obviously, hey, I'm a writer. I didn't realize, but you know, it's obviously all connected. So Reiki, um, it's, it, I don't know, it almost like something shifted in me. And within the space of about a month, I, I was not doing that job anymore. I'd moved back to the UK. I'd been living abroad. I moved out of the city. I lived in a little village where I was able to grow my own plants. I started st studying herbal medicine. I was growing vegetables. There, I, I was making lots of herbal products. You know, I suddenly and I started working for a company that was for doing responsible uh, ecotourism and conservation projects. And it was like, boom, okay, that was another helping hand from the universe that got me to that stage. So then I was really you know the plants then really started to you know work their way and then you know before i know it i'm over in nova scotia running a flower farm and again more with the herbs and making herbal remedies and where i was on and when i was on the flower farm i started to set up a treatment space because i thought well you know I'm, i want to offer reiki to people and and so on and yeah i realized i kind of couldn't do it without the plants it would, I didn't want to, it, it just couldn't happen without the plants. They wanted to be in the space with me. Um, they, you know, they would kind of come into my awareness, like almost like, you know, waving out of the corner of my eye. I might see a, a, a spruce tree or the pine tree or even, you know, a, a nasturtium flower and think, hang on, why is that plant being like that? And, I, and then I'd realize, oh, okay, maybe I'll just bring that plant with me into the treatment space just to see what's happening. And then more often than not, there would be a story you know when the client came they would you know see the plant and then there would a story would unfold so it was like the plants were leading th this uh healing journey um and it was so it was really it was really it was really delightful and i didn't feel and, I, and it's like kind of now with i feel it's more authentic to kind of sort of put the plants in there because if they're speaking to me, they obviously want to be part of the treatment. So that's why I started including them. But it could be very simple. Like it would start literally with me having them in a vase. So if anyone's listening, thinking, oh, well, how can I bring the power of plants into my home or my my office? You know, a lot of I get a lot of questions about that. And it's like, well, just bring a vase or a house plant into the office space. Start there and then usually uh, just see what, what unfolds from there. Um, and like I said, I really love fragrant plants. Like I, there was one treatment I did, I, I'll always remember it because I had some rosemary that I'd picked in a vase, you know, some herbs. And so the rosemary, I just felt this urge when I was working with the client to sprinkle this rosemary all over her body. And so as I was doing this, it's releasing its beautiful aroma. And, and that was, you could feel it in the air there was some kind of energetic shift in my client and it was really really magical to be witness to for you know space holding that kind of process and that I don't feel I have words to even describe or perhaps even sort of try and understand or unpack what was really happening there it's kind of beyond um the my kind of human level of explanation so i had I understand that. <laughs> magical experiences with plants when we let them in you know when we allow ourselves 
because when I first started Reiki, I was very, oh no, right, I've got to do, I've got to say this prayer, I've got to do these hand positions, I've got to do it like this. And it, so it took me many years to be like, oh, I'm just going to follow my intuition, I'm going to be guided. And again, I got to that part because I have a shamanic practice and I started a pathway of shamanism uh, about kind of 15 years ago. And so my shamanic practice really opened things up for me. And I feel mm -hmm. as well that that also helped me find a way to connect with the plants and trust that connection. So what would you say is the difference between traditional Reiki and practicing shamanic Reiki? Oh, it's quite a lot of differences, actually. So traditional Reiki, well, in a sense, the shamanic Reiki, I feel, is a little bit more, I feel it's more empowering for the client and I feel it's more client interactive. I mean, for all types of sessions, you would ask, you know, what's your intention? You always have a healing intention, whether it's kind of classic Reiki or shamanic Reiki. But certainly with the shamanic Reiki that I offer, I have I find my consultation with the client at the start is much longer because I'm trying to I'm finding out information. And even during the treatment, um, if I'm drumming, uh, which I might be drumming or using other tools, you know, classic Reiki is is simply just inviting Reiki energy to flow and either using hands-on or hands-off. Whereas with shamanic Reiki, there are many other kind of techniques that we can use, uh, like soul retrieval or power retrieval, for example, to restore the energy body back. And I feel that it's it, it's a more interactive process if you're with it, it doing shamanic Reiki. Classic Reiki can sometimes be the client just shows up and says, oh, hi, I'd, I'd like to relax, please, or I've got a pain in my shoulder, um, go for it. And they just kind of lie on the couch and they might even go to sleep. Whereas the shamanic Reiki, I feel like it's a bit more dynamic. It's asking a little bit more of the client to take responsibility for their own health. Uh, and obviously Reiki does that too, but it does it in a perhaps more gentler, slower pace than than the, the shamanic aspect can be quite raw. And we get we get involved with our spirit guides when we work with shamanic Reiki as well. So we're we're being guided, we're inviting that guidance and healing and wisdom in to the session to guide it. Whereas when we work with Reiki, we're we're simply allowing the Reiki to flow, and then we might also receive intuition. Uh, or intuitive guidance, um, but if you're doing kind of classic Reiki, you wouldn't necessarily be be following that. You might just discuss it with the client at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like with shamanic Reiki, you're able to incorporate more tools and even go a little deeper. After I realized, you know, I read your plant book, I realized you wrote shamanic Reiki drumming, and I was like, oh, that's amazing. I know that you actually just recently released that. And I also have a special connection with drumming. My dad was a percussionist and I had spent time drumming. I participated in, in drum circles and I had my own frame drum. So I'm wondering, how did you end up starting to incorporate the drum into your shamanic practice? That's wonderful experience that you've got. Goodness me, the drum, the drum really uh, calls to us, doesn't it? Whenever I drum, I feel like just connecting to all those women who've been drumming bef before me. It's just that beat of your heart. It's it's a really wonderful way of connecting. So my journey started, I, well, I started becoming interested in shamanism. You know, this is years ago. And I, and it, well, it was so long, I'll tell you how long ago it was. It was so long ago that I had to listen to 
drumming, recorded drummings on CDs that my teacher had to, or maybe even, I don't think it was a tape. It couldn't have been a tape, but it was definitely uh, CDs um, that she would burn a seed, a disc and give it to me that I could listen to her drum. And I, and I didn't have a drum, but I learned the process of journeying. I learned the process of that getting into that expanded state of consciousness and journeying into other realms. So I kind of, if you like, I learned the, the, the nuts and bolts of the shamanic journeying. And then actually it was through a lady, there was a lady called Sarah Gregg in the UK and she just brought over this technique called the Reiki drumming technique. And that was, we could learn that in a weekend. And I just knew I had to do that drumming weekend, I had to. And as part of that weekend, she gave me a vegan drum. And during that weekend, it, it was almost like I, I found the weekend really really exciting and exhilarating but it wasn't until after the weekend that I suddenly realized that it opened a can of worms for me that there were like so many questions that I needed answers for and that was when I kind of went really onto my quest of my shamanic practice and I started learning with lots of different teachers and um you know, and I'm still learning, <laughs> but that was how I, I started to kind of include it into, into my Reiki sessions. But then because of the way shamanic practice works, you know, we, we're guided by our guides. We, 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 it's, it's spirit led. So we don't like, we don't make up the rules. We have a structure, we have a framework, we have an intention and then once you kind of get into that sacred space with your client and the intention, you you're what I find is you're feeling and you're listening and you're being guided as to how that treatment wants to flow. And that's why I like working with the drum in shamanic Reiki because well, and, you know, because we can use all these other tools. We don't just have to use a drum. Like I, if I feel guided to suddenly brush the client with some plant material that I've got or spray them with a flower essence, you know, I might do that. So there's all these different ways that we can bring about the healing that is needed. Um, so that's why I enjoy the process because it's like, like you said, it, we can use many, many different tools, but the drum is a very powerful tool for instigating change and transformation. And what I love about when we work uh, in shamanic Reiki drumming is that we've got, so we've got Reiki, we've got, we've got Reiki that have healing practice of this divine energy. We've got that shamanism you know the practice of journeying and connecting with spirit guides and and working with all these different techniques and being guided but we've also got sound healing this beautiful way that sound these sound waves will move uh, you know they move through the body they will dislodge stagnant energy they will bring what i i feel like we're all singing a song and sometimes you know the way we get grow the way we grow up we get molded we get conditioned we get told things we have trauma and our song gets a little bit distorted but when we bring the drum into the treatment the drum is holding that true vibration for us and it helps us to come into alignment with it and helps us to sing our song and that's what we need to be doing in the world to be in our truth absolutely it helps us get in touch with our authentic self the person that we are before we get interrupted or bogged down by all the trauma and the things that happen to us that that change us. And I think the drum is so beautiful because it's very primal and it's so, you know, 
instinctual to tap into the drum and we are all rhythmic beings we have the cycles of nature we have the innate desire to dance you know that's part of who we are as humans we need that in order to shake things loose from us right Mm, yeah oh yeah that's the most wonderful it's very freeing and I think really so when I I think for me the drum has helped me yeah follow the beat of my own drum you know be in alignment and and it's really versatile as well and actually one of the ways I mean I think there's a whole chapter about this in my book Shalanic Reiki Drumming it's just it really has helped me connect to nature, to, to the trees, to the sky, to the sea, uh, to the earth. So it's a really wonderful way to, to to kind of help remind you, you know, we like we were talking at the beginning, we're out, we've we're out of whack. Our relationship with the natural world has, you know, we've gone into this, like you mentioned, we we feel like we've got dominion over rather than actually this equality. And so I feel that when we drum, it really helps bring about that connection. It helps that that drop away that sort of ego persona, and it helps us kind of because we're because we're just really feeling into the vibration that, that that and the web that connects us all, and that's what the drum helps me to access, which is why I I love it. And also, you know, it really helps us to get out of the monkey mind. Uh, <laughs> if I'm feeling really anxious, or if I can't stop thinking about something, then to drum is just a great way of it's like a cheat, a cheat cheating way of just getting your brain waves into alpha state so you can access, you know, a deeper sense of, of well being rather than being in that stressed out, I gotta do this and that, you know, the monkey mind. Yeah, I mean it's so important to be able to take a break from that you know and I love in your book you said that the drum helped you go from office fae to reiki fae (laughs) (laughs) it's true definitely yeah it's true yeah and yeah I think I probably need to remember that sometimes uh because even though I'm walking my path I'm I'm doing my reiki and my shamanic uh, work and I'm listening to the trees and all that stuff uh, you know there's still all the stuff in you know w- when we work in on our spiritual path on our shamanic path we're walking with one foot in this earthly reality and one in the spirit world and actually the earthly stuff can really bog us down you know because we have to sort of write emails and pay bills and respond to things and but then the other time you know we still want to hear these beautiful magical lessons and the words and the, and the guidance from the spirit world so i so it's getting a balance and actually the drum it's really grounding and ha- helping balance you know um i feel especially when we drum outside i mean to drum outside with a group of people that's it's amazing I, I miss it i uh i used to do it in the old city i used to live in and it was just an amazing experience and we would all bring food and some people had hesitation because they're like I don't know how to drum. I'm not a percussionist. And I was like, oh. no, just show up, just bring something and get in the flow. And it's really interesting how everybody naturally starts to harmonize with one another. Mm. And we were just jamming out and just having a great time. <laughs> uh, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I would say I'm not a musical person. I'm, I'm not, a, I would say I'm not a drummer. I don't play music, but I, when I'm connecting, you know, with my Reiki drum and with others, yeah, we do create, you create a really special sound. And what I found 
my practice is even though I'm kind of quite shy using the drum I've actually noticed how what I started doing in sessions is I, is I wanted to start I wanted to speak I wanted to sing and now I have just let that go and I do so if I need to if something needs to come out of me if words and sounds and um need to come out I just when I'm drumming I just I just let it go you just let it out <laughs> I let it out um, but again, I wouldn't necessarily classify myself as someone who's really musical and everything, but it's just mm-hmm. part of the healing frequency, isn't it? Yeah, it's just something that naturally occurs. It can assist us in breaking down barriers. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So I'm curious, since you are so tuned into nature, do you celebrate like traditional Sabbaths, like the equinox and the solstices like are you very ceremonial in that sense um yeah yes and no the way i work is i am always i feel into what i need or, or what is needed because i'm so the question i'm always often asking my garden or the trees or the wherever i'm where i'm at is what is needed here and so sometimes I will be, you know, you'll see what, you know, you'll see an, an event that I'm holding online and I'm doing, oh, great, we're doing a, a Samhain, you know, celebration or we're doing a equinox, winter solstice summing or something like that. Um, so I'm known for doing those, but I'm also known for coming up to the festival and going, actually, I just want to sit this one out for me because I feel, especially when you're a space holder, when you're kind of in... Uh, the healing realms as a facilitator sometimes I need to hear messages and I need to hear them in quiet and I need to kind of do my own thing but sometimes I also need to hold space for others and that's what I'm guided to do so I I just wait until I'm guided um, as to what but but what's really interesting is when I was younger I went to the primary school, so the elementary school I was at when I was like six or, you know, age four to seven, I think. I was in a very rural little village in England. We celebrated the 1st of May. That is my favorite celebration, Beltane, because I was voted the May Queen one year when I was younger. (laughs) And we had to, we were we had to dance the maypole, which is another tradition that we have here of weaving. It's you know, it's a sign of fertility, and we had to weave the the coloured ribbon, ribbon yeah. around the maypole. And then, and we had to dance. I remember it distinctly because we had to hold hands with a, a partner who was a man, like he was a boy, you know, another boy. And you're like, oh, you just didn't. When you're like that age, you did not hold hands with boys. So it was like, oh my god, I've got to hold hands with him, and I've got to dance in and out of the maypole. So it's really in my bones to celebrate these things. And then when I was, oh, how many years ago? Probably about 20 years ago, I started. I did a course with the Order of Ovate, Bards and Ovates. So the OBOD, it's called, the Order of Bards and Ovates. And they're a Druid organization here in the UK. And that, again, that followed the the Sabbaths um, and was another way of looking at them through the kind of Celtic tradition. So it's, I feel it's a lovely way of marking the change in energy and and a good pause you know uh to do so even if i don't do it sort of all over instagram or (laughs) for my community i always do it for myself 
I love that. Yeah. And you're in the perfect area, I feel like, too. Just your environment. You live close to, is it Edinburgh? Yeah, I live close to Edinburgh, but I'm I'm really rural out here and we have a lovely garden space. So, yeah, like we, we really do feel those changes in the season and you can feel it now um, because we can, we're coming into Samhain in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure when this will be aired, but at the time of recording, we're coming into Samhain soon. And you can feel it. There's a real shift in the air. The energy, the dark is coming in. Um, and I really notice it in the way, the way the plants are in the garden, the leaves are falling, you know. Um, and I used to, when I was younger, I didn't used to like this time of year at all. But now as I've got older, I'm kind of, I do cherish it because I, I get kind of excited that we're going to be hunkering down for the winter. So, um but it's really what I always say to people is to not not just go by the book and say, oh, well, it says that this is what the energy is doing at this time of year. This is how I should be feeling. It's really important to be feeling in and find your own level. I had to absolutely move back to an area to have four seasons just to be able to have that connection because you kind of lose that when you're in the city. Even in Canada, in Nova Scotia, we we kind of had the four seasons, but we joke that spring was like a week. <laughs> so, and the spring in the UK is just the most beautiful, hopeful, wonderful time of year. So I really actually really did miss the spring because it's a lovely time of year. Yeah, also, it's rather rainy, right, over there? Do you get a lot oh, of rain? It's really, that's a nice understatement. It's rather rainy. I love the way you said that. It's <laughs> rainy. It's rather rainy. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we have a very, yeah, we've had some, we've got sort of torrential rainfall at the moment, yeah. You have to get used to frizzy hair if you live here because that's oh, really wow. cool. Yeah, yeah, just give it up. Just give up having straight <laughs> locks, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. But also we have, you know, we have cycles, don't we? We have cycles in our life where we are like the, at the top of our game. We're super busy. We seem to be really popular. Everything's all going for us. And then we have cycles where we're just sort of resting or we're just kind of recuperating and we're not kind of sure we're, or we've ended a relationship or we start, you know, we're, we're not quite, we have that an in-between kind of phase. So I think, you know, it's, yeah, we're, we're back to cycles again, just honoring the cycles and finding a way to mark these things. Like the cherry blossom tree, for example, I absolutely love cherry blossoms and they can't blossom all year long and neither can we. We have to go into states where we're dormant and we're doing our reflective periods and then we go out and we shine and <laughs> and then go back in as needed. So what are you focused on now, Faye? Are you mostly working with clients with your shamanic Reiki? Well, actually, mm, this is a very good question. I feel like I've been in a resting period for the last couple of years. I've been kind of going, hmm, what am I going to do next? So actually, so I'm doing, uh, I've, one of my focuses is actually one-to-one -one retreats here in my space here. We have a beautiful yurt. We have this beautiful garden. So that's something that I am doing. But obviously, readers who are overseas will just be thinking okay I'll put that on my wish list uh the trip to Scotland so I have some online courses 
uh, in so I have a shamanic Reiki drumming course online for practitioner training and I do offer online one-to-one -one healings but the link might not be up but um, I sometimes take it down when I get really busy so usually I'm offering that and I, again from time to time I do offer readings as well but those are my that's the main that's the main thing that I'm offering and I, in a way now I, I don't like to kind of I feel like brand my healing sessions because you know as we were saying earlier there are so many tools that you use or, or that I use because I've been working in this space for over 20 years so it's hard to say oh you're going to have a Reiki session or are you going to have a plant medicine session because we're going to what happens is I tune in and I listen and if we'll, we'll just see what needs to come through what needs to be seen what needs to you know have the light shine shines on it and I'm hoping to next year 2024 do offer um, an online mentorship for people because I know what I feel there's many people out there at the moment who are they, they've got they know they feel like there's something happening and they want to make a big leap but they haven't really got the tools or the resources or the support around them with people who are speaking that language that might be a bit spiritual speak and you know a bit moving out of the box um, so that's something that I'll be hopefully setting up next year as well for 2024. That's amazing. And you can do this remotely. You can work with people all over the world, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why it's, it's amazing. And I love actually, in, in a way, sometimes for my sessions, I find myself much more tuned in when I actually don't have somebody here on the screen with the tech. Like even if we just say, hey, okay, at four o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to do my thing. And then I, I connect with you afterwards on a Zoom or something. So sometimes it's how someone else feels comfortable working too. Don't get me wrong. I still think one-to-one -one in person is great, particularly when somebody can come here. Because like I said, there's something very special about the land where I live. And sometimes just being in, you know, my my garden space here can be healing for people. But obviously, if you work with me online, I'm here. I'm carrying that landscape and you'll connect to the energies of that. Um, so we're really fortunate with all the technology we've got that we can connect, you know, um, uh, and also like as because we're connecting energetically we know also at the same time that we don't need it we don't need this and I always say to people if the screen goes down if we lose connection just don't worry about it it's still working I'm still doing the work that needs to be done right yeah. energy has no bounds it can travel anywhere and that's the beauty of it absolutely we just you know have to intentionally tap into it and and connect definitely mm -hmm. yeah so this has been so amazing to connect with you, Faye. Thank you so much for just taking the time out of your day and, and sharing your light with us. Thank you. It was really nice to meet you. It's been my absolute pleasure to send you my, my blessings from Scotland. <laughs> Thank you. And where can everybody find you if they want to connect and read your books? My main website is fayjohnstone.com. So you'll you'll have that written F-A-Y-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N-E.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Plants That Speak. And I have a YouTube channel, which again is my name, Faye Johnston. And also my new thing is I've started up a Substack so I can read my books to you. I can share videos and voice notes and writings on Substack. And again, that's my name, Faye Johnston. So lots of different places to read my Extra goodies for us. <laughs> that's right.
Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And of course, if you want to be notified when future episodes come out, subscribe to this podcast and also give it a follow on Instagram at Shake That Soul Podcast. Also, please share it if you love it with your family and friends and give it a rating as well, hopefully five stars. And if you would love to be a guest or have questions, you can email me, of course, at shakethatsoul at gmail.com. I would really love to hear from you guys. And I am really wanting to record some solo casts soon, hopefully, and also have some musically oriented guests in the future. So if you are an artist or a DJ slash producer, I encourage you to reach out to tell your story. I really appreciate all of your support. And if you love this podcast, please feel free to donate to help keep the show going. Thank you so much, everyone. Please be kind to yourself and others. I'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye.